Hey guys, welcome to the Change Up Podcast. Josh and Chad here. This is where we talk about culturally relevant topics, but we look at them through an honest gospel worldview. Let's get it. What's up, Chad? What's going on, Josh? Man, just reflecting back on this crazy year we've had thus far. We're about halfway. It has been probably more eventful than than half. The last twelve months we were just discussing all began with a little feud between two chicken sandwich vendors, (laughs) and I just long for those days. I know, like to was... go back to that when I just thought Chick Fil A people were crazy for not liking the Popeye sandwich. Yeah, those were easier times. Since then, we've had what? We've had, um, well, Kanye getting Ka- saved. Kanye, that's that, that shook the world. That shook the world. <laughs> but then we had COVID nineteen. We've had Kobe Bryant dying. Mm-hmm. The we've... Last Dance came out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then tragically. Uh, what George happened Floyd in Minneapolis, which that's still going on. So. Yeah, and then at the out the aftermath of all that, with what started off as peaceful protesting, some took into violent protests and buildings burning and yes, uh, people dying from protests. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad. So we've had that going on. I think it's very few that actually did that um, by the numbers. Yeah, I heard today. Yeah. Still, I don't want it to be representative of that no. movement. Well, and that's what the saddest part is. It kind of distracted from actually having good, honest conversations about, you know, police reform or racism or whatever you want to discuss. That we could actually move the ball forward. Stuff like that just distracts and. Takes but it away. seems like if you go back to the chicken sandwich, God was preparing us. And yeah. I didn't learn my lesson because I never got over the fact that everyone didn't think Popeye's sandwich was the best. Right. And that chicken Chick-fil-A is not all that it's cracked up. It makes up me laugh that it bothers you that much. It bothers me so much because it's so obvious and like people refuse to see the truth. And now here we are in some actual really serious matters of differences and <laughs> i didn't learn my lesson <laughs> yeah even from like the covid thing wearing a mask to now like are you a black lives matter person or are you not you know like there was like some major right. lines in the sand that were drawn like mm-hmm. what do you believe and if you don't post your black square like you don't stand for us which taking away the meaning of those things right it's it seems and i finally was able to articulate the way I was feeling. It's a process or a, uh, I don't know what you call it. It's called virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. Basically an unearned morality. Like you get to call yourself moral by. um, Standing beside something that is moral. Yeah. And because of social media, you're more compelled. Like 30 years ago, nobody really knew what you thought unless you sat down and you talked with them. Mm -hmm. Well, now because we have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, if you don't post something, then it's implied what you think. Yeah. And so it's, it's virtue signaling, basically like, hey, I'm I'm good, I'm with this crowd, or hey, I'm over here, I'm with mm-hmm. this crowd. And uh, it's, it's compelling. Right. Like it compels you to feel and act a certain way, which 
is not morality. And once again, it just completely distracts from the purpose of those things in the first place. The purpose of those things is just to bring awareness and a conversation to... It's not about you. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not even about you in the first Unless place. Unless you got a great idea that's going to pose some great reform. Like, it, do, it doesn't but matter. But still, you know, from a biblical perspective, our goal, we, we do want to speak into issues that are happening socially. But the point of speaking in is for us to really see what what is... What is the answer that God would have us do? How do we, how do we bring more glory to God, and how do we bring people together um, in a gospel mindset to care for one another, love one another, and and uh, continue to spread the good news of Christ that we all need? That's the point of us speaking into issues that are happening around us because we know issues are a result of sin. You know, all this racism or brutality or Whatever the case may be, is sinful hearts of sinful man making choices and doing things. Yeah, which there should be a discussion about that. We we should be upset um, with our black brothers and sisters who um, feel like they're marginalized or aren't able to feel safe in their own neighborhoods or worried about their kids. We should we should have compassion on that. At the same time, we should have compassion with our brothers and sisters who serve. Uh, in the police force, who are good people who are trying to protect and serve, and and their their whole um, livelihood or or profession is being drugged through the mud by a few people yeah. who choose to do sinful things in, in a public manner, um, and so we've lost the the ability in our country, and uh, this is the way it tends to go as. As societies get further away from God, this is what happens. But we've lost the ability to be able to sit across the table and actually talk about issues in a way of trying to find the right solution together. Yeah, bridging the gap. Yeah. We're all coming at it from different perspectives, different mindsets, different backgrounds. The one thing that that should bind us is the gospel and God's word and his glory, right? So I should be able to sit down with someone who may be on the other side and disagree maybe in some of the the perspectives that I might even have. But if we both care about God, his glory, and the other's good, then what we do then is, like Matthew 7, I don't, I don't look at the speck in my brother's eye. I try to get the log out of my own first, realizing I'm sinful, realizing I have pride, realizing that I could make mistakes. So yeah. I don't come in thinking that I have all the right answers and vice versa. The other person doesn't either. And we sit down and we say, okay, what is it that is right? What is it that's most honoring to God and most loving to the people involved? Yeah. And then we start to make decisions based on that. Well, I think you know? it used to be easier because like it used to be just a conflict of interest. Right. So, you're you're trying to work something out, and you got two sides. And well, there's this slight conflict of interest. Some care more about point A versus point B, so you concede and you compromise and you bridge the gap and you meet in the middle. Well, now on two sides, we have instead of conflict of interest, we have this conflict of visions. And this is from a book mm-hmm. by Thomas Sowell. He wrote Conflict of Visions. And basically, it's conflicts of visions that tear worlds apart. Right? Like we have two worldviews that operate in this country mm-hmm. used to be we had one worldview the biblical worldview mm-hmm. and that didn't do us a lot of good in a lot of ways you know because right. there were evil people in place right 
And um, now we're trying to bridge the gap, but we're on two completely different like software programs. Yeah. And we can't do that. And to your point, everybody's so dug into their own perspective pridefully that there isn't any conversations being had. It's more bombs being thrown. Yeah. And it's like, here's my thought. If you don't like it, I'm against you. Well, here's my thought. If you don't like it, I'm against you. And yeah, there's nothing going to happen through that other than dissension and separation. Well, I'm guilty of that because I feel if I surrender my worldview, or maybe not worldview, but surrender certain, mm-hmm. take the um the black square post. Right. I felt like I was being coerced or like manipulated to post that black square, and. Mm-hmm. I, by giving that up, like, there was a, um, I, I don't know what all I'm surrendering when I surrender that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So it's like a scary thing. It's pride for sure. Yeah. Um, but once you surrender that worldview or, or that action, you're kind of left in a tailspin, you know? Well, yes. Or I, it could I, feel that way. I At least it does that. to me. Yeah. And you're, you're driven by wanting to do what's right. But sometimes, you know, humbly, you'll say that from your own perspective, maybe not always seeking what's right, but just feeling like you you feel like what's right and you want to make that happen. I think a lot of people feel that way, right? Yeah. Whereas... But um, I don't want to be forced to do what's right because then it takes away the morality in it. Sure. Absolutely. And to your point, yeah, something like that, you should be free to not post or post or whatever. But you also have to be conscious of and ready to take on the consequences of whatever you post. Mm-hmm. If you're going to say something, you better make sure that you're saying it for the right reasons because you are going to get backlash. Yeah, right? 100%. And, but what about if you're getting backlash for well, not posting anything? For me, as a pastor, I happily did the black square. I know that there are many people using that. Um, for other agendas other than what it's meant for. But that doesn't stop me from the reason why I'm doing it is I'm doing it because I just want my friends who who grew up African-American to know that I have empathy for what they're going through, period. I don't need to have an argument that's right. I just want people to know. I just wanted them to know that I do care about what's going on with them, right? And I think... I think sometimes, to your point, I'm trying to think how to say this. We don't always have to have this crazy agenda or this statement that we're trying to make. Sometimes we can just say, I care and have compassion. Just like when an officer gets shot down, I'm going to go stand at the parade and show my respects because I I just care about what they're going through, what their family's going through. I want to pray for their family. I'm not trying to make a social agenda statement in that moment. Yeah. Just trying to care about people, you know? And I think that's what the gospel calls us to. It's less about social agendas. It's more about God's glory and people. Now, that makes you have to get involved in social agendas, of course. Mm -hmm. But if we would come about it looking and seeking for the wisdom of God versus trying to signal what we think or trying to find some sort of purpose in what we think, which I think that's a lot of it. People desire purpose because we were made for a purpose that was created 
by God for God, but many times we're not we're not walking with the Lord or maybe don't even believe in God, and so therefore that purpose is empty. We're constantly trying to fill it, and this is a way to fill that. You know, like you said, virtue signaling. Like I'm going to stand for this, and I'm going to kind of find my purpose in shouting from the rooftops on this particular subject or agenda. Yeah. When you don't even really know why you're doing it <laughs> sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, but I think for us as who are listening, who are believers in Christ, I've had many people ask me, what should I think about this? Or how should I go about thinking about different trials or different social agendas, not just racism and George Floyd, but, you know. Because yeah, as a pastor, you've, you've seen a lot of these crazy things happen so you have a flock that is mm-hmm. looking because it's, it's not like there's a formula well there is a formula for dealing with this but it's not like <laughs> right. there's a game plan for dealing with each individually yeah. so how have you been counseling people that one of the the places that i've went to myself included <laughs> to talk to people about these things that i go to for myself is james chapter one when he says he talks about count it all joy my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And any of you who lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously without reproach, and it will be given him. There's a lot packed in those few verses. That's James chapter 1, uh, verses 2 through 5. But I, I love how James writes that, trials of various kinds. I know as a young Christian, I would read this verse and I would automatically think of just things that are happening to me mm-hmm. or like personal persecution or just hardships, which it is talking about that. But I think it's broader than that. And as a pastor, I've learned that, man, I need to know what I think about trials that are just happening in our world around us too. These are different trials of various kinds from COVID-19 to how should we respond to this and staying at home and not sure about the information we're getting and is this even something that we should be doing or not be doing, but do we listen to our government? Do we not? There's a lot of questions in that, right? Mm-hmm. To what happened in Minneapolis with George Floyd and the video that came out, how do we how do we care about our law enforcement brothers and sisters as well as our, our African-American brothers and sisters? How do we navigate this? What What should the conversation be? Um, we should be listening more than we're talking, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes and, and processing. But verse 5 there, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously without reproach. And I think that is the missing key component because here's the here's the truth. When we face trials, we lack wisdom. That's, what, that's why James puts it there. there. The reason for trials is so that it produces steadfastness in your faith, meaning it, it's going to grow you going to stretch you it's going to cause you to to throw away the stuff in your life that doesn't matter because it you really boil down to what really matters which is your faith in god it forces you to really decide what you believe about god and if you trust god Mm -hmm. right and in that same process what we learn as we grow closer to god is how much wisdom we actually lack (laughs) yeah right trials burn away our pride and it causes us to be humble and realizing we need God. That's the whole point. And so we lack wisdom, but but God gives that promise. But if you lack it, then ask God. He'll give it generously without reproach. 
he's not going to choose to give it sometimes or not other times. If you seek the Lord, he will give you wisdom. And so for, for me as a pastor, when I meet trials in my own personal life as well as when I see things happening in my community or the world around, I take this verse, and that's what kind of guides me in that is, okay, here's a trial, a different type of trial. What What is it that you would have us say, God? Like, how, how do we see you in this? How does this um, open the opportunities for the gospel? How does How does this grow our faith, and, and how should we respond in the gospel? I, I go to the Lord and ask wisdom. I have a question. Right? How do you find that he gives you that wisdom? Through his word, primarily. So now you're just not like sitting there pondering and like a thought comes yeah, to you. Yeah, it says, let him ask God. It doesn't say, let him pray. It says, let him ask God. Now, prayer is part of that asking of God. Seems like it. it absolutely. Seems like a talking to. But his word is how God primarily talks to us. Mm. So when you're asking God, it means I'm going to go to scripture. I'm going to read. I'm going to going to ponder i'm going to think about the overall narrative of scripture and the big redemptive story of the gospel and how these things fit in i'm going to go to scripture and ask basically God. try to put fit them into the worldview we're given in the bible mm-hmm. rather than if you think of scripture when we talk about a biblical worldview to give an analogy it'd be like basically being able to put the Bible on his glasses and see through it and all the principles and commands and the big storyline of Scripture influencing how you see the, how you see the world. Mm-hmm. And, and that being the rule book, if you will, or the guidelines that, that helps you make decisions um, that, you're, that you're in or what you're looking at. It helps you make sense of everything. Yeah, That's what it means for like a biblical worldview. Now... Part of that is praying, seeking the Lord, humbling ourselves, praying and asking God. And, and that all works together because he gave us the Holy Spirit, which then helps us. It brings the word of God to life inside of us. It helps our our minds agree with the word of God and see things rightly. The Holy Spirit's the one who's changing us, sanctifying mm-hmm. us, growing us. We're praying, asking God. He's speaking back to us through his word um, and in other means too, I mean, through conviction through but it's not things. a passive thing like it's not like this thought mm-hmm. and this wisdom is just going to come to you you have to yeah. force your thoughts into the worldview of the bible right we say it this way you don't you don't conform god to your thoughts in your life you conform yourself to the word of god it's like an exercise yeah like you have absolutely. to actively think through it you absolutely. can't just passively hope that it makes sense absolutely and trials force that because it's easy to be very passive in your faith when things are going really well for you. We're naturally selfish. We're naturally self-motivated. We naturally want things to go our way. So when you got plenty of money, relationships are good, you know, you're going on vacations. You're, like when life's just easy, man, it's, it's, it's really easy to get lazy. Uh, I think about if anybody likes the Rocky movies, you know. Who? <laughs> you know Rocky. Just kidding. Rocky Three. You know, Mr. T. Oh, yeah. You know, Rocky had won a bunch of fights. He's champion. He's living in a big mansion. Mr. Living T's the Kush like, life. That's right. So Mr. T's like, he's soft. You know, Mr. T's like busting bricks and, and you know, cinder blocks. You know, he's he's working hard and he's coming from a hard place. And like Rocky lost his edge. Mm-hmm. Can't beat that. Same thing with our faith. Man, when the, the hard thing is God 
is a great God and he does bless us, but at the same time, we have a hard time with the blessings because we tend to get lazy and selfish again. But wait, going back to Rocky, like the the best part of those movies to me, other mm-hmm. than like the winning knockout scene, mm-hmm. is when he's training and the music's playing That's right. and he's suffering. That's right. And you're just, I don't know, I love that. Right. And I that, don't really want that, but I know that's good. Like right. we can all recognize that as so good. That's absolutely right. And and you're you're getting the analogy. Yes. That is that that part of the Rocky movie is what it looks like to walk faithfully with God. Like we wake up, we read his word, we we seek him, we want to hear from him, we seek him for his wisdom. As we're going throughout our day, when sin creeps up, we put that off, we repent of it, we ask for forgiveness, we renew our minds in the gospel, we we put on what is right and true from his word, we replace the old sinful habits with new godly habits. Like It's a constant work, but it's a joyful one as we humbly come before the cross realizing that we need it, but also... The Bible says in Matthew, Jesus says, you know, take my yoke, it's light, right? It's, yes, we're constantly being made in the image of Christ, and that's hard because we live for the eternal life, not for this life. But it's also deep joy and peace and all the fruits of the Spirit come as we're walking close to God, and we don't put our hope in physical things or things of this life. We put our hope in Christ and in in the future hope of eternity in heaven with Him, and and all those things, and so, well, it yeah. shows how intuitive that uh, lifestyle is to us, in that we all can relate to. I mean, so many movies mm-hmm. have that suffering scene, that right. training scene, right? And it it like calls to something deep within us, and mm-hmm. so it shows that it's either implanted there by God or just intuitive to secular right. writers that hey, this is important. This is part of human life, mm-hmm. and if we want to see the world change bring us back to the things that are going on around us, the various trials that we see. That's how it's done. It's done. We start personally in us seeking the Lord and wanting to be transformed to the image of his son and and wanting things to be about God's glory, not our own. And then we meet each issue with a humble attitude of seeking the Lord's wisdom and trying to spread the gospel and do the right things that that bring honor and glory to God and are best for everyone involved. And so within that mindset, there's no room for racism. There's no room for police brutality. There's no room for name it, fill in the blank. Well, there's no room for not weeping with those that are weeping right now. That's right. And mourning with those that are mourning. That's right. There's no room for that. There's no room for arrogance. There's no room for um, to be... Um, naive or to just cast it off as not important. Like it's it's important. People's right, lives everyone's are important. talking about it. So we as Christians, we want to be the change, right? That's our goal. We're the ambassadors for the gospel. Second Corinthians five. That's our that's our goal. That's our job. That's our calling in life as little mirrors of God all around the world displaying his image. It is our job to spread the message of the gospel and work it out in in very intricate, detailed ways in situations like the George Floyd situation. We we should be speaking about it, but not in a way of virtue signaling or selfishness or arrogance, but in a way of, man, I want to listen, I want to understand, I want to discuss, I want this to get better. 
I want it to be better. I want it to be more godly. <laughs> I want I want our world to be more godly. I want people to to feel the love of Christ. I want I want harmony and unity in our neighborhoods and because of Jesus. Knowing that we're battling sin. You know, Ephesians 6 talks about putting on the full armor of God. I think it's 10 through 20. And um there's a reason for that because Paul says we don't battle the things of this world, we're battling the spiritual forces, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like sin, Satan, that stuff is happening all around us and don't get it twisted. The issues that we're seeing are not just because of man's choices. Yes, that's how it's coming about, but there's a bigger picture thing happening. Right. And we can't be naive to that. Okay, what about, maybe this might be a little curveball for you, um, the Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. movement. So Black lives do matter, yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Now, when people say that, it's like a brand, too. Like, it's a mm-hmm. it's a movement. It's a organization now. They yeah. they started up, like, four or five years ago after Trayvon Martin's death mm-hmm. um, with George Zimmerman, that whole thing. And so they're, like, an activist group, and I think I haven't followed them that closely. However, let's mm-hmm. just say something like that. You look into what they're about, and it's unbiblical. Is it okay as a Christian yeah. to stand with them when— in a lot of ways, right now, they're standing for the black community and the injustice that they are facing. And sure. so we're like, yes, we believe in that. But then you look into Black Lives Matter, which is the hashtag that everyone's throwing out for sure. that. It means something more, too. It means they stand with gays and transgenders and a lot of unbiblical things. Yeah. Like, how do we reconcile that? Mm-hmm. And as far as, like, how much do we look into everything we're actually saying now and what it means to all people? Right. That's a great question, and it's it is one that is um, it is weaved together tightly, right? Um, yeah, that's it. It's like this like mm-hmm. knot of truth and untruth, yeah. and like righteousness and unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. I um I say this in counseling a lot when um especially with like marital issues because there's it's kind of unscrambling an egg. Somebody comes in mm-hmm. and it's there's good and then there's bad and we gotta we gotta take the time to separate it out and it's a bad part of an egg <laughs> you know what i'm saying um and it's not something it's not just a simple well here's the problem here you know do this and you're good it's right there's a multitude of sin as well as there's the gospel and grace and the gospel always has the answer to sin and always has hope and always can un- can unscramble that egg and set things right, but it takes time, diligence, patience, and um, a consistency of walking with God. You know the things we've already talked about. Yeah, these issues are no different. Like you said, the intention of Black Lives Matter, I agree with. The reason why it started, and a lot of the and a lot of the individuals involved in it, I I completely agree with. Yeah. But then you have the individuals who are taking it and using it selfishly and using it for their own agendas and making it into something that it was never supposed to be. Those people I don't agree with, right? Right. And so but I even t- the the yeah. people that started it aren't starting it with a biblical worldview in mind. Sure. And in some regards, I don't expect that because if you're not a believer in in God, you know, lost people act like lost people. I don't expect them to have a biblical agenda if they're if they're not biblical themselves. Right? Yeah. Um. 
So the short answer is, especially with things like that, I don't tend to side with any movements. I don't like brand myself in a movement. I think that's that can be dangerous in some ways for those purposes, right? Yeah, it's almost like we're putting our hope in a tool other than the gospel. Right. right. I but I do stand with individuals and I do stand with the intention of the movements, meaning like I, I will say and I'll I'll even hashtag Black Lives Matter if I'm talking about something about my my African American community. You know, I don't I don't care to use that. But I'm not trying to um I'm not holistically like good with everything that's going on. You know what I'm saying? But I'm good with the things that are biblical and the things that are gospel centered, I am totally for. And I'm happy to say that black lives do matter to me. Absolutely. And I'm not gonna let people who are hijacking it for their own agendas stop me from saying what's right and true. I'm gonna say that. And I'm well, and that's kind of what that community is asking for. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if yeah. that's what you and I have no problem want, with that. Yeah, but if they say, if they come back at me, for instance, and say like, well, if you say that, then you also must say this. I'm gonna say, no, I don't. I'm, I don't also have to say that. Right, because they could <laughs> easily pit you against the church and yeah, never gonna say that. I'm gonna say what's what lines up with scripture, and I'm gonna fight for those things, just like. If they tell me, like, well, you need to speak against law enforcement. No, I'm not. I, God, first and foremost, the Bible says we should honor our government, pray for our government, you know, listen to our government. We've talked about this on on uh, recent podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's Romans 13, did we? Yeah. So look at that. Authority. Just, yeah. Um, you can look back at a, a recent podcast for that, but... Um, give you the reference yeah that was romans 13 submission to authority so i'm definitely not going to say that although i'm not going to blindly submit to authority when they're doing things that are sinful but i'm not going to turn against my brothers and sisters who serve faithfully and who really care about serving our community we need our police officers we need to support them um and there are many who who are awesome and love their communities, and, and more than not, I would say the majority who serve in the in the police force are good and trying to do good, and and there are bad eggs in every situation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. That doesn't mean that we are against our police force, but I will say, just like by the way, I've had conversations with some guys who go to our church who are in the police force who would also say, yeah, we need to look at some of the things going on in our departments because we see things sometimes that we don't feel like are right and we need we want them to change too like mm-hmm. like they're they're with us <laughs> you know they also want to see that get better you know just like i'm sure you know if we did a podcast on the military with your time served there would be plenty of things you could say like i think this could be done better or should be done better doesn't mean like you're anti-military you defund it <laughs> right kidding but you're not anti-military you served as a navy seal like you we and we definitely need our military to keep us safe Mm -hmm. but there are things that could be better and we should fight to see those things get better i also would recognize though just to throw a wrench in it just because i was in the military even though i was in 10 years i still have no authority on what needs to happen in the military i just have one perspective absolutely just as like one cop or one person from the black community 
should like they carry the weight of their own voice and their right. own experiences. Absolutely. And very few people have the full perspective and context mm-hmm. on the situation. Absolutely. And so it seems like it, everything's getting more weight. Well, I'm a cop and this always happened. Well, I'm in the black neighborhood and this always happens. It's like, okay, we got all these like one-offs, but like what's really going on and what really needs to change. Absolutely. And that's where it comes back to we got to listen. You know? What? We, we got to listen. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> As Josh never does. Um, but going back to James chapter 1, just a few verses later in verse 19, he says very wisely, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For anger does not produce the righteousness of God. So this whole yelling at each other, like, I understand we're hurt. A lot of people are hurt and have hurt feelings and see injustice and are angry at the injustice. But Ephesians 4 even tells us to be angry but don't sin in your anger. Like, anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Lashing out in anger and fighting fire with fire never works. We're never going to get move forward. That's the reason why we look at history. I was listening to a podcast today. Actually, Bill Simmons had a guy on there who's a sports writer, and he's writing about a lot of these things. And very, very smart guy, and he's talking about, man, this, we've seen George Floyd situations before, and he quotes something from the 50s and from the 70s, and from, like, mm-hmm. we're not learning from this because all we're doing is getting upset and fighting against each other, and we're not actually doing anything that moves the needle forward. Yeah, because for the <laughs> most part, you can see, though, the whole country's on the same page. Yeah. I mean, there's a few probably. Listen, 90% of the people in this country, if you ask is that, is that what happened to George Floyd okay? Absolutely not. Are you? Do we need to sit down and figure out how to I would to make say things... it's higher than 90. It's probably like 98, yeah. 99. I was, just, I was just being, you know, real, yeah. realistic. Simple people. I'm sure there's a lot of true racists out there, you know, <laughs> who really were fine with it. But yeah. point being is no one's going to disagree and say we don't need to do something to make this things better for the people that live in our country. Yeah. Absolutely. But we're never going to do that or get there if we've got selfish political agendas selfish agendas on this side of the movement this side and we're just i know you got to be strategic and see what's worked in the past yeah it just it's complicated it is but we gotta we gotta listen we gotta listen more than we speak <laughs> right mm-hmm. we're so quick to say what we feel and we don't even haven't even fully thought out if what i feel is right is it biblical is it true yeah. You know? So be slow to speak. Think. Seek the wisdom of God. James uh, 1 5. Think that through. And and quick to hear. Listen to the people across the table on the other side. They may have some good reasons why they feel the way they feel. And maybe you're you're not seeing the full picture. Yeah. You know? And then speak. But not in anger. You can be angry at the injustice, but being angry and just for the anger's sake and doing things out of anger will never change what we want to change. Yeah. It's never going to lead to a more godly, peaceful, righteous society. Mm-hmm. Only the gospel is going to lead to that. Um, And so we got to... Yeah, you can't get a utopian society with a bunch of um, flawed individuals at the helm. Right. Yeah, it's, it's never going to work. It's upside down. It's backwards. Yeah. As Larry the Cable Guy says, it's like wipe them before you poop. 
<laughs> Don't make no sense. Oh, yeah, there you go. The philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, what else you wanted to cover? Something in Romans five. Well, we can say that for another podcast. I feel like we we hit a lot. Um, okay. This we'll go down that journey another time. All righty. Well, um, thank you for your wisdom, Pastor Chad. It's well, been helpful. Hopefully it's helpful to our listeners. Well, and that wisdom, if if I have any, comes from God's word. So. There you go. Well, guys, if this has been helpful, please go um, like us. I'm sorry, not like, but rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you give us a five star, that really helps other people like you find this information. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Change Up Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, but most importantly, we hope it helped. And if it did, please share it with a friend or someone you may be discipling. Also, you can like us on Facebook and Instagram. You can reach us via either of those channels if you have any questions or topics that you'd like us to cover. We appreciate your guys' support and would also like to thank the Field Church in Mandeville, Louisiana for hosting and producing this podcast. If you don't have a home church, then please look it up at thefieldnola.com. We're not currently holding services due to the COVID-19 crisis, but if you go to The Field Church on Facebook, you can see all that we are doing for the members. Daily devotionals, daily praying through the Psalms. We have a live streaming of our services on Sunday morning at 1015, and just a bunch more ways to get connected to a very active church body. So thanks again, guys. Be blessed. Be blessed.